Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I am Dr. Andrew Scaff. He is Dr. Michael, Michael Werman Esquire. Uh, we'll be um, talking this week about um, the NFL's Week 5 and uh, the action that happened in last week and, and give some updates on our uh, betting competition. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Major League Baseball playoffs. And the, then we'll get into the Chiefs. Uh, week six uh, victory over the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football uh, before making the rest of our week six picks uh, for this week's NFL games. Um, Mike, last week was another kind of strange week uh, in the NFL. Uh, This is more of a psychological question uh, for you in general. Uh, What do you enjoy watching more? The, The good teams playing really well or the bad teams playing pretty poorly what's what's your preference when you're watching an NFL game? <laughs> well if i guess if they're playing as the chiefs i want the bad team to play poorly and the chiefs to do well um so yeah but i like if it's if it's a game that i don't really have a rooting interest for i want to see i want to see it well played and i like to see a good game at least by one of the teams um and yeah so this is yeah i i think well, unless it's like comically bad, maybe you want to see a couple of funny things. Like it was yeah. maybe it's the you know Mac something happens to Mac Jones or something or something with Deshaun Watson. I, I kind of have an axe to grind uh, with. I I don't really uh, I, I I don't mind seeing them do poorly. So I would sometimes I do want to see a good team do not so well simply because. I want the Chiefs uh, to to like have home field advantage or you know be considered the 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 team to beat. So um, do you like you do you you take uh, some joy in watching really bad football? I think, Doctor. Yeah, I think the best scenario is yeah watching two pretty good teams playing, one of which you like, one of which you don't like, and the one that you like a little more just destroys the one that you don't. That's probably the ideal NFL game, I think. So is that the San Francisco uh, Dallas game to you? Um, I don't really dislike Dallas so much, but mm. it, well, I mean, San Francisco looks really, really good, and they're a little scary, mm. actually. <laughs> as you know, as a Chiefs fan, uh, you probably don't really want to face them if you don't. Well, yeah, have to, the Chiefs were the last we team to we play them in the regular season, so the yeah. only time we might meet them would be in the Super Bowl, which yeah. interesting matchup though. Yeah, they, well, the Chiefs have matched up well in the past. They last year they were the only team that beat. They beat San Francisco right before they got one on their big winning streak, and they rolled in San Francisco. I think it was forty-four right. to twenty-one or forty-five twenty-one, something like that. Big victory, and then, of course they beat one one in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Super Bowl fifty-four. So, uh, I guess this is going to be Super Bowl fifty-eight. So four four years uh, ago, but yeah, I I'm apologize if I'm a little bit uh, out of sorts. I, this, is, this is a special COVID edition of the Warren Drake Power Hour. Since I have contracted the Corona, the SARS Corona 2019 virus, and am uh, a little bit under the weather, and so I don't, you know, when we're talking about our Week Five action, I I I don't remember any of my picks for Week Five right now. <laughs> uh, so hopefully you have those down under. I remember I went one and two on my locks, uh, which isn't so great, but I think I'm still above 500 uh, on the year. Do we want to talk about that, or do we want to talk about more general? uh happenings uh in we can go through the games and then maybe there are other we can talk about the uh picks and then if there's anything else we want to talk about from week five we can just jump into it okay yeah let's do that yeah yeah let's so uh let's see your first pick was you had uh, new england minus one and a half versus new orleans that was not a good pick yeah that was i didn't i thought coming off a huge loss the the uh the patriots at home wouldn't be so bad but they were and mac jones was bad again and bailey zappy relieved him again and maybe you know i i had you know been beating the drum that i think bailey zappy is just as good as mac jones maybe better because he's doesn't have the i don't kind of entitled sort of snot-nosed um reputation i think uh that jones has whether that's real or not, or just in my brain, but so I was really surprised that you know I, th- I think New Orleans is a pretty good team. 
Uh, but I didn't think going to New England, they've had they struggled, you know, against you know, you know, against Atlanta, against you know, you know, they didn't they hadn't beaten anybody really by a lot of points. Every game was close. So I, I assumed at worst, you know, maybe New Orleans would win a close game. But this was um what was this final score? 30? 34 0. 34-0. It was a shutout. I think it was the first ever um the, the worst ever home loss. For Bill Belichick uh, in New England, followed that was followed by you know, it followed his worst ever loss as a coach when he lost when they lost to the Cowboys in week uh, week week four. Uh, they lost thirty eight to three, so they lost by one fewer point, but they scored three fewer points. So yeah. really, really bad football played by the Patriots these last couple of weeks. Yeah. Do you think the Patriots are just? A really bad team, or is it coaching? Uh, what, what's what's wrong with New England? Uh, it's yeah, it seems like the the team just isn't that great. First of all, but that's still going to be Belichick's fault, I think. Either way, because doesn't he make the play the personnel decisions? So, at least a lot of them, I think he's the he's the main guy. They didn't really bring in any like high level talent. They got Juju Smith Schuster in, who played pretty well for the Chiefs, but. Smith Schuster has, you know, knee ling- lingering knee issues, and it might be, you know, his career might be almost over just because of his his knee problems. So they don't have they don't have like top end mm. like elite talent on any position. And when you have a rookie quarterback, you should have some elite uh, players at different positions. Like with the Chiefs, you can say, well, you know, they don't have elite wide receiver talent because, well, Patrick Mahomes makes a bunch of money, and they also have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones on the other side. You know, there's big numbers there. But I, but for the Patriots, you know, where's the money going? You know, the line is okay, I guess. But it's, yeah, you know, the running, you know, they brought in Ezekiel Elliott as a kind of stopgap um, short yardage guy that, you know, he hasn't done a whole lot as a Patriot. So it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This, and I wonder if maybe – it's Belichick trying to get rid of Mac, Mac Jones uh, and st- starting a new next year. There's, there's rumors that because the, the uh, Vikings are doing so poorly, maybe Kirk Cousins will be traded to a team, perhaps, I don't know, like New England, you know, something yeah. like that, or, or a team that maybe sees itself as, as a potential playoff team. I, I've heard back to Washington or Atlanta uh, as well. I don't think New England's going to make a playoff push, but I think Cousins would do pretty well as a long-term, or at least a three or four-year uh, starter mm-hmm. in uh, New England. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's getting closer to a time where, you know, Belichick's job may actually be at risk. I mean, back-to-back thirty-point losses is not going to be, you know, you know, no owner is going to be okay with that. I don't think so. Yeah, um, it's it, Robert Kraft is not going to be happy. But does, does Belichick even have a hot seat? available because he's won so much does he just i, mean, yeah, I don't know feels like it i mean it seems like the the easy thing you would say would be that you know maybe they bring in somebody to take over some of the the, play, the personnel decisions and have him be more of a coach or have him you know have it be make a choice as to what he would prefer to do be the the field general or <laughs> uh or or the gm and and not you know both um, yeah, because some something just isn't seeming like it's right there now, and something has to change because it's that doesn't it doesn't seem like it's maybe even bottomed out because this is uh you know mid season and they're you know losing games by thirty plus points and against at least this week against a team that's not even that great not pro, not a prolific offense by any means and still putting up thirty four points against them that's that's not great yeah um, yeah this is a New Orleans team that was. You know, been close to most of the of the uh, games, but they, the week before they were, you know, manhandled at home by Tampa Bay, and they had just been, you know, the games that New Orleans had won, they lost to Green Bay by a point in Green Bay where they were ahead, but that was with Carr, I think, got hurt. So maybe mm-hmm. with Derek Carr, they're a little better team. He was probably banged up a couple weeks ago. He seems like he's a little bit back to where he was, but they barely beat Carolina. They they beat Tennessee by one point. So they've, they've played a lot of close games or they've been on the losing end of a kind of a blowout. So, you know, seeing them blow out in new England, the Patriots is, is, is a new, so that's what, you know, I, you know, I, but I, I failed to see that coming. Uh, well, what, how about your, how about your first uh, pick? What did you, what did you do? Uh, last? Week? 
my first pick is a game we already talked about it in our uh, special Thursday night episode. Uh, I had the, the Chiefs and, and Vikings at under 53 and a half. Uh, Chiefs ended up winning that game 27-20. Relatively comfortable um, under the 53 and a half points. So, uh, yeah, one more touchdown. I wish I would have thrown it over. Pushed it over. Yeah. But fortunately, the ARG system of Andy Reid kept it close, uh, but maybe a little too close because Minnesota perhaps could have scored a touchdown at the end of tie, and then that would have been putting it over and possibly even forcing the Chiefs into a loss. And, you know, they ended up covering the spread, just like they ended up, we'll talk about they ended up covering against Denver. It's, yeah, they they, they continue to kind of not want to score points at the end to put, to remove all doubt. And they would rather just hold the ball and run the clock out. And I think, I think you may have even uh, mentioned in a, in a text message that they may have already started the ARG method Possibly even before the game started is what you <laughs> said during the week six matchup for the uh, Chiefs. Uh, I think they, I think they didn't want to get anybody hurt because uh, Kel, you know they did get it to Kelsey a lot, but they didn't really throw the ball down the field. One time they did throw the ball really down the field that was should have been six. They had they had a there was one um, interception on a that became, you know that was really a weird Mahomes throw. There was also a near interception on a pass interference penalty and then there was a perfect throw that um well he made Mahomes made a good long throw to Kelsey one time but he also mm-hmm. made a throw to Justin Watson who got injured on the play I thought he actually got injured because he's like he was the way he was catching the ball like his hands were like straight up rather than like out don't you yeah catch a ball like it's landing in your hands aren't you gonna hold aren't you gonna like hold it with your palms up rather than like your fingers up and like yeah the ball like landed on top of his finger and i thought oh maybe it broke a finger but he ended up falling on his elbow and so justin watson was but that was a perfect throw and i don't know i i was i guess i'm sad that justin watson got hurt but i was i was i i thought well if there's a deserved uh sort of just desserts kind of injury i you know it's not too serious you know that was uh uh you know had he caught the ball he would not have gotten injured i don't think i think he might have Uh. I think it was the landing is where where he was maybe yeah. injured anyway, but uh, yeah. he's been making some of those catches this season. More last season, he was not making any of those catches. Yeah, he I, open and the ball in his hands and he wouldn't hang on to it, or he or had he that one big catch. Drop it and yeah, it was some, one of yeah against the Chargers like in week two last year that Mahomes did the kind of jump throw that uh, yeah. went forty five mile forty five yards in the, uh, on a laser beam, but. Yeah, usually he's. I think I don't know. Maybe it's just small sample sizes. Too. I I don't find. I don't think Watson's very good. Um, so I hope that somebody else supplants him. Maybe Rasheed Rice. Uh, he's he looked pretty good. Maybe Justin Ross. Um, a different Justin. But or, or maybe they bring back McCole Hartman. McCole Hartman, yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know Frank Clark's been released. I think people are thinking Clark's going to come back. Uh, so yeah, we, this is I guess stuff we could talk. We talked about a little bit last time. And we can talk a little more when we talk about the Chiefs game uh, before we talk about week six action. But you want to talk about our next picks? Sure. My well, second so your, pick. Your second pick was uh, you had Tennessee plus one and a half at Indianapolis. Yeah, I had Tennessee plus one and a half at Indianapolis. And that um, they, you know, also the team that I thought would cover uh lost lost outright and i thought i picked i actually picked tennessee to win because i thought they would but partly i think maybe it's because uh Gardner Minshew was the quarterback and i think i thought maybe richardson was going to play and i don't remember now again I, I'm, I'm my brain is mush thinking about last week and the reasoning behind my decisions but i think this is in this week it's going to be Minshew as as the quarter as the quarterback for the Colts. so i think in the short term the Colts are a lot better off with Minshew, excuse me, um, than with Richardson, at least this year. They won't get a maybe good draft pick, but um, it was also Jonathan Taylor's first time back, but it wasn't mm-hmm. Taylor at the big running day. It was Zach Moss at the big running day uh, last week to kind of frustrate uh, fantasy owners because I think everybody got rid of Moss because uh, right because they thought uh, Taylor's coming back and now Moss going to be the... Um, well, and Tennessee had been playing a lot better in the last week or two. Yeah. 
they look like maybe they'd figured it out and then yeah. somehow the Colts, so, uh, Richardson did well. he was injured mm-hmm. in the, in the game. He apparently has a, um, AC socket, uh, issue yeah. to keep him out from now several weeks, I guess. So he just made his return yeah. and now he's, he's going to be for several okay, weeks. Okay. So then, and then having, having Minshew come in instead of Richardson, I think helped, helped the, helped, uh, helped, you know, cop here, helped the, uh, Colts, uh, pull away. And it was a, it's a division game. Those are always a little bit squirrely. And so, yeah, that yeah. was a, another miss for me. But more important than than um, helping the Colts is he, he they undermined your bet is really what what your consensus yeah. level is, right? So yeah, I, I maybe because I've spoken out against the Colts kind of craziness <laughs> last year that you know the Colts were a team that going into last year everybody thought was going to be a playoff team, and they lost their first two games. Because they had Matt Ryan, they thought of Matt Ryan as being an improvement even over Philip Rivers, who should have led the team to the playoffs, but they couldn't beat the lowly Jaguars uh, for in the in the final game. And so, yeah, but that the Matt Ryan experiment didn't work out well, maybe because of self sabotage more than anything by the Colts. But yeah, so this is it's still it's a team that was regarded pretty highly recently and still has most of their core components that they've had. You know, it's got Jonathan Taylor. They've got, you know, Pittman and some other good receivers. They have a very good offensive line. They have a strong defense. So, you know, they're 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 a decent team. So maybe maybe there's somebody that can that can make a run in that NFC in the AFC South, which is uh, a real logjam at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's my my second pick. I had uh, Baltimore minus three and a half at Pittsburgh. Um, that did not go. That was one of the worst games I may have ever seen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is very frustrating to watch as Baltimore seemed to just make mistake after mistake after mistake. And Pittsburgh, who seem is seemingly a very bad team, you know, manages to not just cover the spread, but win, but win the game. Uh, I find that very frustrating. Yeah, that was one of the few games I actually got completely right uh, last week. I I ended up losing a lot of money in my fake betting but I did pick Pittsburgh, who was an underdog to win outright, and I got—I think I got the over/under, and I got the uh, point spread on that one. So I—I I don't know. I, I just thought that Pittsburgh at home and Baltimore is—I don't know. I still—I don't think you can trust Lamar Jackson anymore. I don't know exactly why, because I don't know if his play has fallen off or it's just that people have figured out what he does and just make him throw more. And so, yeah, that was a weird game. I—you I, know—I think. I just thought I, I saw it as being potentially weird. So that's why I went with what I did. But um, from a more logical standpoint, I think what you did was was fine. But yeah, it was it was it did not turn out uh, the way you wanted. And for neither of us, we, we ended up losing, missing two of our locks and only getting the final the final lock uh, correct. Your your final bet was, yeah, San Francisco minus three and a half. Versus Dallas, which went completely your way. Yes. Yeah, that one. That was another one. Completely. It's like I don't think Dallas is very good, and I think Dallas is only good when their defense scores like three touchdowns. And it's done that a couple of games, and they look, oh wow, look at them against the Giants. But like you know, it was like a, the special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown and a you know in a rainstorm and and you know Daniel Jones was just out of his element. And when you know when the Giants do poorly, it really really spirals like when uh in the playoff game when they played against the eagles when they did poorly it really really snowballed into a horrible loss and so i don't think i don't think dallas is a bad team but i don't think they're a great team i think there's only two maybe uh, dallas might not even a top might not even be a top four team in the nfc i think you know the top two obviously are san francisco and philadelphia probably in that order and then I think probably Detroit and Seattle are the other two teams that are the best two teams this year, which uh, Detroit, I think people saw coming, but Seattle, I don't think people did, but they were a playoff team last year. So I guess yeah, they, they didn't fool too many people. So, but yeah, I don't know about Dallas, uh, but yeah, that was a, I, can't, I don't know why that, I, I I couldn't understand why that spread was so close because the 49ers don't care about blowing people out. They like to do it. It's like they're, they're the anti Andy Reid in that situation. Yeah. They will, they will run the score up. Kind of like Miami will run the score up with uh, you know Shanahan type coaches uh, with you know, McDaniel down in um, 
Miami, you know, they'll score 70 points and don't really care. And, you know, Reed is upset when they score 24 and the other team only has 10. And he's like, you can't, you can't, you know, we're not going to make it 31 to 10, you know, unless like it just really falls into our, into us. So like, it's, it's, it's a completely, it's hard to, it's like one thing that makes, makes betting so hard is because like, it's hard to see how good the teams really are because margin of victory seems like it means very little because some teams want to win big and have fun winning big and other teams mm. want to just like you know get into like a shell don't get injured and you know keep, yeah. keep the score somewhat close and and gentlemanly and go forward so yeah so um but yeah I, so I, I didn't i i was wondering why three and a half it was only three and a half points i thought i thought san francisco should have been at least a touchdown favorite because um three and a half would have been like oh dallas and san francisco are, are really within one point of each other or so yeah, because like you know, because home field advantage, you think, especially in San Francisco, maybe it's about three points. So, yeah, I don't see I don't see Dallas as being in the same league. Uh, defensively, I think San Francisco is probably better, even though the defense is the strength of Dallas. And offensively, um, you know, their system is really really good, and their players are really good, and allows Brock Purdy to, you know, just distribute the ball to really good players, and you know, just let them do their thing. Well, maybe this was another case of uh, maybe some very wealthy Texas oil tycoons were were betting heavily on Dallas and pulling the line closer that way. That made your bet more favorable then. Yeah, you wonder that could have been. We don't. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. We're not. We're not really tracking anything. We've talked about the Chicago Bears effect in Las Vegas right. before, where uh, super fans uh, go into Vegas to bet on the Bears, and uh, so like the. You know the Bears Super Bowl odds are always over exaggerated. Like you know they're only plus I don't know you know one thousand or something or two thousand to win the Super Bowl when they really are you know plus ten thousand team or something like that. It's it's yeah. one of those things where um, big cities sometimes can affect things, and maybe certain cities or regions have more of a maybe they aren't as quite savvy as betters or they, they have an inflated sense of themselves like uh, more when they bet. So I guess maybe New York betters would think of as being a little savvier. I don't know. There are also two teams to divide. Uh, you have Jets and Giants. So maybe yeah. Jets fans might bet against the Giants where, you know, the other way around to kind of keep it better. But I don't know. So what, what did you see out of the, what, what did you see out of San Francisco that um, you think is scary going forward? Uh, well, I mean, they've got a really, uh, really, really solid defense, uh, and they're and they're just they protect the ball so well on offense too. Brock Purdy, former he, he Cyclone, a lot of interceptions, uh, is very careful with the ball. hasn't thrown yeah, no interceptions on the season still. Uh, hasn't lost a regular season start yet. So, uh, uh, and and then you know they also have uh, Christian McCaffrey running like 10, 12 yards a carry now too. So that's uh, I mean that's that's a lot of strengths. Yeah. Um, and Kittle you know they still big gadget kind yeah. of plays uh you know out there too with um you know Samuel and Ayuk. They've got fast receivers too. So they've, they've yeah, got they good receivers. Everything. Kittle's a good player. Yushchek, even when they use him, is good. Mm-hmm. They have a good line. Trent Williams is one of the top linemen in the game. They have a very solid defense. So yeah, I think if there's defense, I think is maybe less splashy than Dallas, but I think they're more solid overall. Yeah. And but they don't. They need, held Dallas to only ten points, and then Dallas yeah, they got a pretty high-powered offense too, right? So. They got a lot of turnovers against Dallas, but I don't think they needed those turnovers to to beat Dallas. Dallas needed to get a lot of turnovers from San Francisco to beat San Francisco, and I think turnover luck is exactly what it is luck, and yeah. it's something that you can't rely on. I remember this old when I was a kid. I remember thinking, oh, the giveaway takeaway ratio was very important because the Chiefs were always tops at it but the Chiefs never won anything in the playoffs because if there's one bad game and you don't and the other team doesn't give the ball away and uh what are you going to do there's nothing you can do if you can't if your offense isn't good enough to over you know really it should be the how you know how good is your team when things don't go their your way and if you can still win by not playing your best game that's the team that's probably going to go far in the playoffs and that's what the Chiefs have been Mm -hmm. under Reed the last few years so and 
Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like it's a lot easier to be a fan of a team that has a good offense and a defense that can come up in big situations, at least, right? So, yeah, uh, it seems it that seems like the easier uh, route for for fans uh, to actually be enjoying all of the games, right? Yeah, I think in the Chiefs' defense, it looks like it is becoming a little bit more like that. Mm. They have they've had a really good defense this this year, and it seems like maybe after. Um, this week, coming into week seven now, we you know we're talking about week six for everybody else, but Chiefs already played week six. You know, it's got a many you got a many back as a mm-hmm. defensive end top tackle kind of hybrid. Maybe Frank Clark coming back. You know, it's one of those things where the Chiefs are adding. You know, Bolton came back this past week and had a great interception against yep. uh, Russell Wilson. So. Yeah, the defense is fun to watch, but yeah, for Dallas, it's really fun to watch if, if you're a Dallas fan because they get those big plays. But when I think when uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs went down, some a lot of their big plays went away, and that really, you know, hurt them even more than mm. maybe what people thought. So um, how about uh, your third pick? Uh, my third pick um, did not go my way either. It was uh, uh, Houston plus one and a half at Atlanta. Uh, Houston had been playing pretty well recently and uh, did uh, came up just short. Mm-hmm. Half a point short was all they needed. Plus one and a half, final score, Atlanta 21, Houston 19. Lost by two. Yeah, I would have, I thought Houston was going to win that game out, right? I always, I always go against Atlanta because I don't think Atlanta's very good, but Atlanta at home has been winning some. So I actually went in my bets this week. They were not any of my locks, but I picked Atlanta to win uh at home this week even though i don't think atlanta's very good but i picked them to win at home against uh washington who i think is about probably equivalent to houston in a lot of ways Um, in week five you did pick with me actually on houston atlanta anyway but i did yeah and we both suffered for it yeah we we well you ended up being not too bad uh, on the course of the week so you you let's let me talk about our locks again so you were were you zero and three on your i was i got the chiefs minnesota game the chiefs. We okay, so you're one and two. Two. i was one and two and i um what is that where does that bring us on the season i think i'm still above 500 okay, your season total now is eight and seven eight plus 100 dollars on the season uh, and i am the reverse i'm seven and eight minus 100 dollars. okay that's so my that's two straight uh losing weeks now that uh I've now dipped under the 500 mark Still anybody's game, but uh, in terms of our bets on our more comprehensive picks, you continued to outpace me, and you were you. We both ended up losing money, but you lost a lot less money last week. Yeah, I was down only uh, sixty-two dollars and five cents. It was about one and a half percent on the week. Uh, you were down. Four hundred ninety nine dollars and eighty cents. He stayed under the minus five hundred by. $2. Yeah, I was thinking maybe I'd get closer overall, back to breaking even, but then I got yeah. minus five hundred again. So now I'm I'm almost uh, twelve hundred dollars in the hole, eleven hundred sixty four dollars, and you're almost the mirror opposite of that. The absolute value of it, you're about yeah. eleven hundred sixty dollars and eleven hundred seventy dollars ahead. So you're about twenty three hundred dollars ahead of me this season yeah well that, you... that can be that can be uh made up very quickly though you had a, you had yeah. a plus eleven hundred dollars last week so um you know that yeah it could easily be you know halved if not more uh with one with one solid week here this week yeah well we'll talk about our, our, our week in a little bit do you want to talk a little bit about uh switch sports for a second talk about baseball since the playoffs are here and they're almost it seems like passing much more quickly than any of us would have realized because there are no competitive series. The games, some of the games have been competitive, but the series as a whole, you know, it, they've been, there have been no games that have gone, no series that have gone to the final game. There have been, you know, the, the wildcard series were all sweeps two to zero. And then the uh, divisional series uh, were either three Oh sweeps or three, one, uh, win so no game no games five mm-hmm. for any of them um are you surprised at the results here in the playoffs um i'm not 
I guess not terribly surprised at the results. I think maybe the thing that is a little surprising is that all the very high win total teams are all out. So the 101 win Orioles, the 104 win Braves, and the 100 win Dodgers are all gone at this point. And yeah, as are the 92 win Brewers. Yeah, every team in the final yeah. four. Uh, 99 Houston, win Rays, yeah, crazy. Houston, yeah, Houston, Texas are both under 90 wins, and so were. Well, we're exactly 90 wins. 90 wins, okay. 90 wins are 90 wins or less than. Yeah, and then uh, the Diamondbacks and the Phillies were also under 90 wins this season. So, but, but yeah, apparently 90 was a magic number. The Phillies also had were exactly 90. 90. Okay, so 90 or fewer. Three, was three teams with exactly 90 wins plus the 84 win. D-backs are uh, yeah. headed to the uh, championship series. Do you have team? So this is this is the seventh consecutive ALCS for the Houston Astros. Several of them have been under the cloud of sign stealing and various trickery, chicanery, cheating, for lack of a better word. Do you think that? Houston... Although there were six of them, better words than is right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, skullduggery, things like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you think that is Houston clean, or are they still uh, cheating like in the playoffs? Maybe, maybe they aren't so much in the regular season. I mean, if Houston lost 120 games in a season, I assume they cheated for their 42 wins. That's pretty much where I think a lot of baseball fans are right now, and. I don't really care what they do. I'm not gonna like them. I don't think so. It's... Yeah. So I think every, I think everybody outside the Houston uh, metropolitan area w- wants the Texas Rangers to go to the World Series for the uh, American League. So I think both of us are in that same boat. I believe. How but, about in the National League? Yeah. Um, I think both teams have had like really good like fan support. Their home crowds have been yeah very raucous at both stadiums, but. Uh... I kind of I kind of like the uh, Phillies comeback after the sort of crazy end to the game two. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Harper getting doubled off at first to end the game, and then their comeback afterwards. It's kind of hard not to like that kind of like you know fire that that they've you know drawn themselves. I like, back yeah, I like Bryce Harper. I think he's kind of a jerk, but I kind of like him. Yeah. And and he's 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 a classic kind of baseball personality. I think he's a yeah. he's a brash kind of player, but also he's a, he's a really good player, and he's been you know he's got a little bit of maybe a George Brett kind of uh, quality uh, to him, and yeah, and, and the Phillies won the World Series back in two thousand eight, but then uh, that was of course before Bryce Harper uh, was even in the league. He came into the league maybe two or three years later as a you know teenager. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated like at 16 and was the number one overall draft pick uh, by the Nationals, who, of course, won the World Series right after Harper left to go to Philadelphia. So maybe seeing Philadelphia uh, have a chance with Harper to win, I would like to see. Also, maybe being close to Pennsylvania, I I wouldn't mind seeing that either. I wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers finally winning the World Series either. So those, those, those would be my two teams as well. And I guess I guess from a baseball's the actual major league baseball, the organization's perspective, do you think they have a preference as to who they would like to see maybe for TV viewers? Uh, do you think there's a preference between, I mean, obviously they're getting a Texas team either way, which is a large state. Large large market. Occasion. Uh, but then, yeah, you think there's a difference between Arizona and, and Pennsylvania? I I think there's an East coast quality of baseball watching that is, does not really exist in the Southwest. I think, that Philadelphia will bring in more ratings than the Diamondbacks. Nobody cares about the Diamondbacks outside of Arizona, probably, and maybe not even a lot of people in Arizona. So I think I think Philadelphia is a diehard sports town. Those north those northern towns that uh, are, you know, I think, you know, where the weather is bad and where you know times have been tough uh, historically, those are the ones that those those are the people that kind of live and die. You know, maybe Arizona has. A large, you know, Hispanic community and things like that that is a little bit hard scrabble. But there's not some. I think when we think of the fans at the Diamondbacks games, they are not uh, the you know the gardeners, the landscapers, the uh, you know the the lower class, lower you know uh, working class people. It's you know 
old uh, retirees and kind of yeah. wealthy um, McMansion type of of of, of residents. So I, there's Arizona is not. Um, I don't. Yeah. So I don't. They don't support really their teams very much in general. Well, that they, that ends up being like yeah. If if it's a retirement sort of area, then you know people that are moving from wherever they grew up, they're sort of bringing their uh you know their fandom with them more so than just maybe adopting even a local team afterwards but their loyalty yeah. probably still lies back with where they're you know where they came from more than where they are uh so they're the loyalty is probably divided a lot there anyway but all yeah. but also like in the northeast you know there there are a lot of people who you know don't like the phillies that will tune in to root against them also and i don't think uh the diamondbacks have enough like enemy type teams that they would be uh you know tuning in to see them do poorly if they go right so do people tune in to root against houston or are they just completely turned off by houston and won't even watch it because houston is just a bunch of cheaters in their mind is that like i think i don't know because houston maybe has gone too far in their dislike like they aren't like they don't have this history maybe of like a like you know, in the NFL, like the Raiders or the Cowboys, where there's just as many people that really hate them as enjoy them, and or the Yankees in baseball, yeah. Uh, so, I yeah, I, I I would like to see. I think probably Major League Baseball would want to see the the Rangers, Phillies. Yeah, I would I would I would think that that, that way it's like more of a you know a team that hasn't won, has a chance. Because the Rangers have not won a World Series, they've been to two. They were two in a row in the early in the 2010, 2011, I think. Yeah, that that era, yeah, the 11 and 12. But yeah, it was that it was yeah, somewhere in there about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. But yeah, they were in two in a row, but didn't win either. And they're the yeah, then the Royals were the next team to be in two World Series in a row uh, after that. So of yeah. course they won one, uh, but yeah, Houston. I mean, Texas hadn't won any, and now Houston has been in seven. They're like in some ways the Chiefs of the league, and you know maybe some uh, NFL conspiratorial fans believe the Chiefs get all the uh, calls and things like that, which I don't really see any evidence for. If you look at the games as a whole, um, so but the but the Astros, yeah, there's I, they have such a, a blatant history of you know bending, breaking stomping on the kind of rules and traditions of, of the game that I, yeah, I, I don't really. Well, and then not really serving any penalty for even caught yeah. um, doing things. So like, cause you know, then the, it was the, the COVID year is what happened next. So like most of the penalties that, uh, you know, may have been, you know, levied against them maybe on the field even were sort of gone yeah, they wasn't even baseball justice happens, yeah, on the field itself. And that was they were, I think, pretty much told by baseball not to do that, which I think maybe makes some of the fans think that there is no there there was no consequence for for their actions. Yeah. And yeah. and really the only player that was affected by it was Bel- Carlos Beltran, who retired. Yeah. To then attempt to become a manager but then you know the deal was nixed and he has not been around you know being talked about as being a manager since then so that's really the only punishment was sort of like directly on one guy who wasn't really you know yeah affected by it like in his like how he's playing at least anyway so and yeah i would say you know also thinking about a former Royal who's played on uh, a current Royal, maybe, maybe now former, if he's retired after the end of this year, Zach Grinke, he of course played for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite make, he made the playoffs a couple of times with the Diamondbacks, didn't quite win. He played for the Astros. He made the playoffs sometimes, but they didn't end up winning the world series while he was a player, he played for the Dodgers. You know, he's, he, you know, it's not like he is on one of the teams now where you might root for him because, you know, Zach Grinke is probably my favorite player. Um, in the league but you know so yeah there's no there's no reason that even like maybe you would say well i want green to win for houston maybe maybe you uh you know you have you know the rangers or you have verlander and in, in, in the um in the in the for the astros but he's he's won before and and um uh, yeah scherzer uh 
he won as well, I guess, with the with the uh, Nationals. So there's no there's no one, I guess, that's without a ring on the except for the Rangers, kind of as a whole whole. Uh, it seems like yeah. So I usually want to root for the American League team, but I might want to I might pull for the Phillies if they make it. Yeah, yeah, that seems that seems good. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, Jason Kelsey had a uh, tirade, I guess, or rant uh, against uh, artificial uh, surfaces because uh, Travis Kelsey was injured, but Travis seemed to play pretty well against uh, the Denver Broncos, and he was mostly no worse for wear. Although his ankle was rolled up on a little bit at the end, you could, you know, one of the problems with the Amazon broadcast, I think, was that they didn't they didn't show like the highlight all the way through the replay all the way through. And they would, you know, I kind of cut away and say, Oh, this is what happened. But like, you couldn't see like, Oh, did, you know, at the end of the game, when, when Kelsey was grabbed by the ankles, did uh, the tackler, uh, did he twist or grab it extra or did he just kind of grab him there? And that was just a, a you know, a, a coincidence. And it, it was something that they cut away from and they, and you couldn't really see a lot of what was happening, I think in that game, but uh, the chiefs ended up pulling it out 19 to eight um do you know when the last 19 to 8 uh score was nope no not no in the, the scorigami realm yes uh it was not a scorigami even though it had no. been um uh it was only it only, it, only, it was a, it was the second 19 to 8 game uh it had been 96 years since a game really? of 19 to 8 and it was between new york and buffalo but it was between the new york yankees baseball team who had 19 and the buffalo bisons who had eight uh in 1927 there was a uh, a game in buffalo the bisons lost 19 uh to 8 wow and those eight included um a safety there was no safety in the oh i was hoping it was four safeties no it was it was a safety and i assume it's a touch yeah a safety and uh a touchdown with a missed extra point well 1908 they may not have even had extra points 1927 this is 27 so 27 uh, red grange played for the yankees uh, that game and they did have they did kick a they did kick an extra point the yankees uh in their for their first touchdown but then they must have missed the two extra points afterward Wild Bill Kelly also scored uh, a 12-yard rushing touchdown. And then uh, also in the fourth quarter, the Yankees, Wild Bill Kelly had an unknown length of rushing touchdown. Uh, we don't know how long it was, but that was to score six more points and put the game out of reach. It was at one point, the score was 7 to nothing, 7 to 2, 13 to 2, 13 to 8, 19 to 8. Uh, but yeah, that was Red Grange and Wild Bill Kelly uh, for the New York Yankees baseball, I mean, football team, not the baseball team. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I thought that was interesting. The... Does it have the full box score there, too? Does it have uh, yardages, passing yardages? There was, was there a forward pass yet at that point in 1927? Yeah, I think it was when it was legalized forward pass. Okay. So what do you think Wild Bill Kelly's first name was? I would assume William. Is that not Kenneth? He was Kenneth Kelly. So he thought he was wild. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. This was also before the Buffalo Bills became the Buffalo Buffalo team. It was not the Buffalo Bills? It was the Buffalo yeah. Bison and yeah. or Bisons, maybe I believe. Um, and yeah. he was a longtime coach of the Central Michigan Chippewas. Actually, maybe he what? Maybe that's a different Wild Bill Kelly. There's a different Wild Bill Kelly, maybe. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll look at. Oh, maybe this is this Wild Bill Kelly. I thought was the same age because he was born in 1905, so that would have made him 22 in 1927. But I think this Wild Bill Kelly, Kenneth Kelly, was simply the coach at Central Michigan, and there's no listing of him playing professionally for any other team that's not. Uh, Central Michigan. So I'm not sure mm. about the Wild Bill Kelly of the. No, this is William Carl Kelly. So he was a William. Uh, 
He does not have a Wikipedia page. He has a pro football reference page. Mm. He was from Montana. That makes sense why you can call him Wild Billman. Wow. He died at age 26 in 1931. And wow. I don't know why uh, he did not play football in 1931. He was He played for the New York Yankees. Then he played for the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Which I have no idea where the Frankfurt. It's not Frankfurt like Kentucky. It's Frankfurt with a D. Oh. Um, any guesses where Frankfurt? Nope, not a clue. Probably the Northeast somewhere. Frankfurt. There, it's, it, they lived in Phil, in Philadelphia. There's there's a neighborhood called Frankfurt, I guess. Hmm. Uh, in the suburb in suburban Philadelphia. So the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. He played for a year, and then he ended up playing another year for the Brooklyn Dodgers football team. So he played for the Yankees and the Dodgers, but he played football, not baseball. And then he died at age 26. And I don't know. Yeah. I want to, I kind of want to look, read more into him because he's, he's only 26 years old and he, he doesn't have a, uh, um, you know, no, no, no Wikipedia page, no, no mm-hmm. real information about it. But he played on the red. He played on Red Grange's team, and he actually in that game, the nineteen to eight game, he scored two touchdowns for uh, the Yankees, and Red Grange had only scored one. The legendary galloping ghost, yes. uh, Red Grange. Do you know Red Grange's first name? No, it's not Red. No, it's Harold Edward hmm. Red Grange. So I guess he had Red hair hmm. he was red grange i suppose maybe ed and red could be a nickname as well but i've only seen black and white footage of red grange so i guess um but yeah he went he played for the bears and then the short-lived new york yankees uh football team so is the box score there from that game does it show like passing yardages it shows my curiosity would be sports. if if any of the nineteen twenty seven quarterbacks had more passing yards than Russell Wilson. It doesn't show any yardages. Nah, it just nah. it shows nah. uh, scores. Wait, there are player. Let's see player stats. There's something. I don't think it has any. The attendance in that game was thirty five hundred people. Yeah, there's no um, individual scores. Any nah. individual stats at Bison Stadium in Buffalo. 3,500 people were at the game. So um, that's not very many. It's a big high school game. Yeah, basically. Um, but anyway, that was the only other 19 to 8 game. So it was almost a score, Gavi, but it was 96 years earlier. There had been another one. Uh, but anyway, Chiefs won 19 8. They actually covered. We, we went over our bets. Uh, before we we had said, well, we didn't think the Chiefs we didn't think the Chiefs would cover because they don't want to win by more than ten points. It was a ten and a half point spread. It was looking pretty good for a while, but then they kicked that field goal to make it nineteen to eight rather than mm-hmm. sixteen to eight, so. and then forced another turnover inside the two minute warning to make sure that um, Denver never had a chance. Yes, yeah. So, but they did keep it well under the forty seven. Was it forty seven? Yeah. That sounds right. Four, yeah. No, 44 and a half. No, that's, that's lots. 46 and a half. 46 and a half. 46 and a half. There it is. 46 and a half. And we both went on the under there and we both picked the Chiefs to win. So, but we ended yeah. up missing by half a point or one point, I guess, we missed the uh, winning spread. So we, we had a pretty good uh, opener, um, but we'll see how the rest of the week goes. But we neither of us picked those games. That game as a lock, but we both thought the Chiefs uh, would win. Any other comments? We've kind of been commenting on the Chiefs game, kind of. Yeah. Rob, did you remain to be impressed with the uh, Chiefs defense? They were able to force three turnovers, I think, in the game, and uh, held held uh, Russell Wilson to just ninety five yards passing. Uh, yeah, it was you pretty, still pretty confident in in the defense, or or is it? Do you, do you think they even underwhelmed, even though they did quite well? I thought the defense was great. I thought, because I thought, because Buffalo, I mean, not Buffalo, uh, Denver's problem was not their offense. It had been their defense. And then 
this time it looked like the Denver defense was really, really good, and the Chiefs' offense couldn't do anything or much of anything. Mahomes looked kind of off. The receivers never seemed to get open. Except for uh, Kelsey. Except for Kelsey. Mahomes had that really bad interception mm. that he just kind of threw it up for grabs. And it looked like he was starting to throw it away, but it, like, it only went to – you know, into the end zone, he almost threw another interception. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little. I'm still concerned about the Chiefs' offense and whether or not it's become a little bit stale and predictable. Because really, the reason that Kelsey is open is because he does not run the routes prescribed. He does. He does his own thing, and that's why he's so yeah. successful. If he did what was supposed to be done, maybe he would not be nearly as successful. So that kind of also implies that maybe Nagy's offense the read offense needs to be um, something, something needs to be retooled perhaps. Yeah. For the most part, they, I mean, they, they look pretty good. I think they were in control. Like from the very beginning, they didn't seem yardage was good. Yeah. This was the best game. Maybe Harrison Butker has played for a long time. Yeah. A 60 plus yard field goal and a 54. How how far do you think that would have been good from? Um, a 60 yard field goal, I think, on paper, right? But uh, yeah, it was plenty of room there, right? assuming that it would have gone through the uprights because it was the wind was swirling. So maybe it, mm-hmm. if it had gone 10 more yards, it would have doinked or something. But I think it would have been a 70 good from 70 at least. It was yeah. a really that was it was a strange wind. So I think it was it was just a really impressive night for Butker. And so he was, I think, the Chiefs probably player of the game. Uh, he scored, he get four field goals and an extra point. So you know, 19 to eight Chiefs. That was a very unpredictable score. Do you uh, we want to talk about our predictions, our locks of the week uh, for week six? Sure. What we're expecting to see in week six, yes. What we're expecting to see, yeah. Um, you want me to go with mine first? Do you want to? You want sure, to, go you for want it. To... Okay, so I ended up uh, making, of course, our three locks of the week. Two of them I ended up picking over-unders rather than spreads. Um, I I went, we talked a little about Indianapolis earlier. I went to the Indianapolis-Jacksonville game here. Jacksonville is coming back from their two weeks in London, uh, back to their Florida home to face uh, the Colts. And uh, Gardner Minshew is going to be playing quarterback uh, for the Colts. I I actually think there's a possibility of an upset there, but I, that was not my um, pick. My pick was that Indianapolis Jackson was going to be under 44 and a half total. I don't think they're going to score a lot of points. Jacksonville's offense isn't terribly potent, and I don't think Indianapolis is going to score a lot of points either. Jacksonville's defense is decent, and, and I think it's going to be, you know, 23 17 type of game. So I see it as an under 44 and a half. Well, even if it's like 30 to 14, if it's on the high end, you're still fine there right so yeah something like something in that area right so yeah yeah how about your first pick better scope uh i my first pick uh is also an over under um there was a very low over under number for the uh san francisco cleveland game at only 37 and a half points and the 49ers have been scoring 30 plus points a game in every game not not just averaging but actually in each game I think I'm taking the over in this in this one. I think you may be going the other I'm way. I'm on the opposite side there. I have the under, but I think it's mainly because I don't think not that I don't think San Francisco is good, but I just don't. I think the Browns' defense is okay, but I don't know if the Browns will be able to score any points because uh, they don't really have a quarterback that's. You know, it's going to be you know Deshaun Watson's not even, not playing. He's a was a shoulder injury. He's got some sort of injury that. Yeah. Um, they seem to have cleared him last or two weeks ago, even, but he didn't play. Now he's not playing again. Uh, it's PJ Walker rather than Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to start. So, oh, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how many points they're going to score. I can see it as like a 30 to three game, and that would be under. So, that's the only reason I think it's under is because I think the Browns are going to be very impotent on. Uh, but if their offense is that is that bad, then San Francisco's offense is going to be on the field. Even more, yeah. Which may but might just run the clock. Score, so, yeah, it could it could it could be forty to nothing rather than thirty to three or something. But I I don't know. I I think I think the defense for the Browns is still pretty good. So yeah. I think maybe the Browns can hold them into the low thirties. And 
maybe like a 30 because if it had finished the exact same way that Pittsburgh finished 30 to 7 that would be under uh when the when the uh 49ers in week 1 went to Pittsburgh and won 30 uh to 7 that was a 37 total that would be under the 37 and a half so yeah. i i i i think i i don't really know i i've been just picking under if i don't really have a feel for it and so i didn't really have a feel and i could try to talk myself into the under for that one but you pick you got the over uh and given how powerful the offense and offense has been for the 49ers if they could score that many points themselves so yeah i don't think it's a bad i don't think it's a bad pick it doesn't look like it's a rotator cuff for uh watson and, and he may it's a very <clears throat> miss more time than just this week mm. so more on that i guess the injury um <clears throat> i picked another under for my second pick and that was a, a sort of not quite rematch, but the same teams that were in the baseball playoffs, same cities that were in the baseball playoffs when Arizona beat the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers. I have the they have the Cardinals playing against the Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. Um, that over under is 48 and a half. And I went with the under. I think 48 and a half is pretty high. I don't, you know, Arizona doesn't have a great offense. Kyler Murray is not coming back anytime soon, it doesn't seem like. I think Joshua Dobbs is okay, but I don't, I don't see them scoring a lot of points against the Rams. And the Rams, even though they've been winning some games and staying close, they haven't been scoring a ton of points either. Mm. So I see it maybe, like, I think the Rams are going to win, but I think Arizona might keep it somewhat close. So I could see it maybe a 27 to 21 type of game or something like that as, at the high end, and that would be 48. So I like it. I like it under. I think yeah. it's probably 24 7 24 17 type of game i would i would agree with you on on your your guess at least anyway as to what the over under is going to be because it's yeah it's, it seems like if arizona does well it may be like a you know 24 20 game or something like that yeah but if arizona doesn't do well it's probably going to be like a 24 to 10 type of games yeah so uh either way who, whichever team wins which you don't really care who wins you just don't think that the point yeah. total is going to be very and that, that that's yeah. very reasonable again i i agree with your your assessment there uh, thank you sir how about your second uh my second pick um uh, going with the battle of green teams got the uh eagles minus seven at the new york jets uh i really don't see the jets competing in this game and they're will likely be at least two tush push type touchdowns which will right it just seems like that's what's going to happen right and then yeah the eagles will but, roll but it won't be like a huge scoring game but the eagles will probably come out more than a touchdown ahead is my my assumption i was thinking maybe the, the judge would keep it close because they're playing pretty well lately the yeah. defense is playing pretty well they might win by you know i think i think the eagles will win but i don't know if they'll blow it the eagles haven't really had a great offense so far yeah. And Zach Wilson's been playing better. They scored a lot of points against the Broncos. They almost, you know, they came close, not close to beating, but close. They stayed with the Chiefs. They only lost 23 to 20, so they covered that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe they can stay close. So I, I, but I understand that, well, you know, the, you know, it's very possible that Zach Wilson turns back into old Zach Wilson and it's an easy, easy, and, and maybe the Eagles become the Eagles of last year rather than the Eagles of this year, which is kind of a plodding not so exciting team and maybe there'll be a high flying uh the high sort the, the fly eagles fly eagles of of of, of last year so maybe that I, I could see it going either way but i would um i went i went i was thinking maybe the jets might keep it close but i but seven points that's a that's that's something that's maybe almost looking for a push in some ways so yeah. I, I wanted to stay away from that one but have you heard the alternate name for the uh, for the tush push though? The brother, brotherly shove. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but I think it should be. It's a stupid play, and they should just get rid of it. <laughs> it should be renamed outlawed, not yeah, allowed just, in football. Yeah, I, I I don't like the because it's it becomes just arbitrary when um, forward progress is called because usually the person who's this quarterback is not on the ground; he's just floating in the air. You know, they, and on bodies and stuff like that. And as long as you, as long as you don't blow the whistle, you know he can keep moving. It seems like so. It's it's yeah. 
I just think it's a dumb play, but so far it hasn't been it hasn't been uh, outlawed. Somebody's gonna have to get hurt again during it. And probably that's gonna that'll be what what changes the the league's view on it. How about yeah. your uh, third pick? I had a hard time thinking of a third shoe in or lock of the week, so I ended up going uh, with a team that played really well on the road last week against uh, against New England and against a young quarterback, and they're going to New Orleans I, uh, is a one and a half point favorite over Houston. Houston's not very far from New Orleans, so I don't think it's really much of a road game uh i don't know i don't know how raucous the houston fans are yet with the teams that they've been losing so much and they're kind of expected to be rebuilding even though they've been a lot better with cj stroud than people thought uh i think but i still see new orleans is winning that game so it's only minus one and a half so i think more than likely if they win they will win by more than one and a half points so i went with new orleans minus one and a half at the texans when Houston's coming off a loss to Atlanta, we think probably uh, New Orleans is probably better than Atlanta. Is what we yes, I think we so. assume. So that seems to make a lot of sense. I think New Orleans is probably the best. Well, New Orleans is probably the second best team in the South. Maybe Tampa is number one, uh, but they're about this. I think they they're one and two for sure. Then I think I think Atlanta's a distant third, and then Carolina's a distant or fourth probably, but. New Orleans is probably aided by having maybe the best quarterback in the division, though, too. So yeah, I think Derek Carr is pretty good. He's and he seems been like he's kind of injured, and maybe he's a little healthier now. Yeah, you might say Baker Mayfield. Maybe if he's healthy, can his rivals Carr? But yeah, I think yeah. I think Carr is the. But the two, it's not a surprise that the team, the two teams with the two best quarterbacks in the in the division, are the two best teams. So I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to be. Uh, he was another one of those guys, maybe that teams that maybe Kirk Cousins might end up getting traded to if the Vikings uh, continue to lose because Justin Jefferson now is on the I- on IR. Uh, so maybe, you know, they'll get rid of that big salary and kind of rebuild and implode the Vikings team. And, you know, in the NFC South or the NFC, uh, if you're not, if you're kind of 500 and you have a decent quarterback, you can go pretty far in the playoffs probably. So that might at be least, a, at least make the playoffs, maybe even with a, not a winning record even. So yeah, it's NFC is just it's a it's a low bar to yeah. for what for what is considered success. Yeah. Yeah. How about your final shoe in? You're a lock. Uh I actually stayed in the in that uh division as well with betting against uh a team in the NFC South. I've got Detroit minus three at Tampa as my third. Hmm. Seems this Detroit is running pretty well recently. Uh, I kind of expect to see that success continue. Yeah, it'll depend on yeah Tampa's. Maybe we'll see if Tampa's Mirage or a actual solid team if they if they can hang with uh, the Lions. The Lions do it. You know they did beat the Chiefs in a kind of weird game in Week One, uh, but the Lions have only lost one game, and that was to the Seahawks. We talked a little bit about Seattle as a surprise team. Uh, and but maybe not really a surprise team since they were in the playoffs last year. So I think I think clearly the Lions are one of the top teams, but it's a road game, so you never know what's going to happen on the road. And yeah. even though we don't think of Tampa as having home field advantage, but it's it's uh, and you know I guess Detroit plays in fairly warm weather all the time since they play in the dome, so maybe it's not going to be a uh, a big. It's on grass, so maybe they're not as good on grass. Who knows? But um, yeah, I could see. I could see if Detroit wins, probably they'll win by more than a field goal. So, yeah, I, I, I makes sense to me. I think I ended up picking uh, Tampa uh, in that game just to maybe try to make more money on the money line. So if I picked them on the money line, I wanted them to. Um, I thought they would cover as well. So, but, any any other games this week that you're looking forward to on the uh, week six slate? Yeah, there aren't a lot of marquee matchups. I think the Baltimore-Tennessee game in London might be kind of interesting. Yeah. I thought about going under for that one, 41 and a half, but I didn't, I didn't do that as a lock of the week. Um, I think the Monday night game, Dallas and the Chargers could be really interesting. If the Chargers lose that game, really the, the division is completely wide open for the Chiefs uh, since they'll be 5-1, and one, and I think every, they'll have a two-game lead over... Um, 
the Chargers. I think Chargers are three and two right now. Or are they just two and two? Yeah, two and two. They didn't play, play last week. They play, yeah, they had a bye last week. Yeah. So they'll be two and three. The in the Chiefs will be five and one of the game in hand. So like I think two and a half game lead. And they play the Chargers. Um, I believe is it in Kansas City on next next Sunday. I think so. Yeah, that's right. So that'll and be this, a big game. And this week, two of the teams that have maybe baffled us maybe the most uh, are in buys this week: Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Is that, is that you feel better about that, knowing that they're not out there to mess up, <laughs> not causing trouble? Yeah, I yeah. Like, sometimes it seems like Jordan Love's pretty good, and sometimes he seems like he's terrible. Same thing for Kenny Pickett. Sometimes he seems like he's pretty good, and then other times he seems he's terrible. I think I think Pittsburgh has a more consistent defense at least. So they can hold their – I think Pittsburgh can win if their offense doesn't play well. I don't think um, Green Bay can win if they, if they don't get a big offensive uh, performance. So I think if, if those two teams weren't on a bye and were playing each other, I would, I would like Pittsburgh in that game. But, yeah, they're both a little – two of the screwier teams, I think, unpredictable teams. Um, right, uh, unpredictability. That's really where they, where, they're, where they lie right now, at least with us. We haven't figured them out anyway. It doesn't seem like maybe they have figured themselves out even for – you know how they've been playing recently. I don't. I don't get it at all. <laughs> well, I don't always get it either, and we didn't get it last week. Maybe we'll get it this week, uh, and we'll we'll end up uh, winning uh, most of our bets rather than losing most of them. But uh, we'll 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 find out. Uh, any any final thoughts on week six post Chiefs week six? Mm. I think we'll be back normal time next week on Tuesday night to do uh or coming out Thursday coming out again Thursday will be our next week's episode. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of get back into the swing of things assuming I'm healthy again with my with my uh, uh corona uh status but it's um yeah I made it through this I'm a little bit lightheaded right now but I think we're almost done so that's pretty good and yeah, so I don't. I, yeah, I don't really have anything to add. I'm, I'm just kind of wandering here, uh, rambling. But um, yeah, so anyway, good luck to uh, everybody uh, if they are making bets or just following one of their favorite teams. And I hope that your team does well uh, this this weekend. And I hope that your uh, your bets uh, pay off. And until next week, I remain Dr. Michael Werman, Esquire. Uh, he remains Dr. Andrew Scaff. We remain the Warning Track Power Hour. Please remain subscribing or start a, a new uh, a subscription to uh, Warning Track Power Hour either on uh, the podcasts uh, or our YouTube channel. And we appreciate your uh, viewership, listenership very much. And we will uh, see you again next time. And until then, we will wish you. Good day.